When it comes to air quality, the bad news is that wildfires and air pollution have really degraded the quality of our air. But the good news is that we're all realizing that the quality of our air, and particularly the quality of our indoor air, is really darn important. I'm so excited to tell you about Puro Air because in 30 minutes, this device will remove allergens, dust, smoke, and gases from your room. It uses a stronger type of filter called a HEPA-14, and it filters pollutants at a microscopic level. I keep my Puro Air running upstairs where the bedrooms are all night. I love that it's quiet. Cleaner air just hits different, doesn't it? Check out everything Puro Air has to offer at getpuroair.com. That's G-E-T-P-U-R-O-A-I-R.com. One more time for the people in the back, getpuroair.com. Well, hello there and welcome back. My name is Stephanie Safarian and you are listening to episode 163 of the Sustainable Minimalist Podcast. On today's show, we are discussing a tried and true intentional living topic, which of course is how to make good habits stick. And on the flip side, of course, we are also discussing how to let go of bad ones. Research finds that most people abandon their New Year's resolution just three weeks after the start of the new year. That's crazy. So if you are listening to this episode at or near release date, February 2nd, 2021, chances are real good that you have already abandoned yours. On this episode, we are seeking to change that by reversing courses and getting back on track with our personal development. Today, I am speaking with Callum McGugan. Callum is the brain behind the Shape and Foster app, which is a personal development tool that I use in my own life to keep me both accountable and motivated as I attempt to make changes that stick. Callum and I are discussing why sticking to your own personal development is the epitome of intentional living. He offers practical tips backed by research so that you can foster good habits for the long haul too. Now, real quick, if you've been listening to this show for a while and you like it, but you haven't yet left a review on Apple Podcasts, here is your quick reminder to do so. It will take you just 30 seconds and you will have my immense gratitude. Also, if you have other shows that you love, but you haven't left them reviews either, go on with your bad self and leave them some reviews too. Leave us some love as reviews are a gigantic way in which the littler podcasts like myself can grow. So thank you so much to all of you who continue to tune in every week and do what's in your power to support it. Enjoy my conversation with Callum McGugan. Callum, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. How are you doing? I'm doing fantastic. All the better for talking to you off, off mic prior to starting. We had a really nice introduction there, talking to each other. It was, it was wonderful. I should tell our listeners, we were talking about engagements, and we both have something in common. We were both engaged in Boston Common, so we're destined to be friends. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. We are also destined to talk today about how it is possible for us to foster positive habits as adults. And before we get into all of that, we need to step way back. And I need to ask you to please introduce yourself to my listeners. 
Mm-hmm. Um, so my name's Cal McGuigan. Um, I'm from Scotland. I'm not a method actor. This is a this is a real accent. <laughs> I'm not putting it on. Um, and I moved to Toronto, Canada, um, nearly 15 years ago now. So a long time ago. But Toronto is home. Um, I moved here originally to play rugby. Actually, I came here for four months just to join a rugby team. Uh, absolutely loved the city. Loved everything about it. Went home, got a work permit, came back. And slowly but surely, like little things happened. Like I, I met my wife. Um, well, big thing I should say. That's not a little thing. A big thing happened. I met my wife. Um, I started my professional career, and before I knew it, like Toronto kind of became home. So I'm a Canadian citizen. I have been a citizen now for a couple of years. I've got two kids, and yeah, Scottish guy living in Toronto. Well, I must say, I speak for myself, but I also speak for probably everybody listening right now. Your accent is so lovely. So thank you so much for sharing it with us. We're going to talk about how to foster positive habits today. And I really wanted to have you specifically on, not only because fostering positive habits is a minimalist and intentional lifestyle choice, but I wanted to have you specifically on the show because you have made it your work to help others foster those positive habits. So in a nutshell, maybe you could give us just your elevator pitch for what you do. Yeah, I mean, I so so I mean, I've created a, a lifestyle development app um, called Shape and Foster. You pay for a membership, and in turn, you're taking a 12 month journey of lifestyle development from six experts, each of who have curated courses specifically for Shape and Foster: fitness, nutrition, mental health, life coach, finance, and yoga. And every 30 days, new course material becomes available in the app. All content is consumed via video. um, And you essentially have 15 to 18 minutes of video to consume from each expert every single month. So if you can give up two to three hours a month, then you're going to learn from six different experts across different fields that are going to enable you to build habits and enable you to develop your, your lifestyle journey. Well, I have been using Shape and Foster in my own life for about two months now, and it has truly been life-changing. We're going to get into the app, and we're going to get into what I love about it a little bit later, but let's talk about positive habits. And I've heard you say before on an interview that for most of us, we make decisions about prioritizing our well-being retroactively. So work that out for me. What on earth does that mean? So I'll take you back a little bit, um, a bit of a backstory here. I'll, I'll try and make it as concise as possible. But essentially, this is the second business I've started. The first business I started was an events marketing agency. I was in business for 11 years. Absolutely loved it for the first nine years. The last two years stopped enjoying it. We did pretty well. It was a successful business. However, about two years ago, I started going through my own personal development journey. I basically had an anxiety attack as I was driving after a big night the night before. And I felt like I'd kind of put my son in a bit of a vulnerable position. And I just wanted to kind of be a better a better dad, basically. Um, so I kind of stopped drinking alcohol. Alcohol was no longer something. I mean, I maybe consume alcohol now two or three times a year. Um, I then started exercising more because I hadn't exercised for, for about seven years since I stopped playing rugby. Lo and behold, less alcohol, more exercise. I started being happier and my patience improved and lots of little side effects I didn't really anticipate. 
I started to lose a little bit of weight, look at what I was eating a bit more and prioritizing family more. And the culmination of all of this in my own personal development journey was in July of last year when I decided to sell my business uh, during COVID because I wasn't enjoying it. That was like the last step of my journey, really, and start something completely new. So Shape and Foster is is really my entrepreneurship meeting my own personal development journey. And to answer your question, the point that I try and make is everything that I just told you about drinking less alcohol, trying to lose weight, going back to the gym, I dealt with that all retroactively. I googled anxiety after my first anxiety attack. I went back to the gym when I was already out of shape. I learned about mortgages as I purchased my first home. A life coach is the sort of thing that you might seek out when your life is in need of some um, direction. In my experience, lots of life is dealt with retroactively. That's kind of what I mean. So what I'm doing with Shape and Foster and the whole purpose here is to create something that you can learn from before you're really in a position of need and a position of vulnerability. That's kind of why I'm trying to create a proactive approach to lifestyle development, if, if that makes sense. It makes 100% sense. I mean, I have a healthy heart, so I would not proactively learn about heart disease, right? I'm only going to Google heart disease when I have heart disease and it's too late to make those positive changes to prevent it. So that makes total sense. And it reminds me of something else I've heard in the personal development sphere, which is, of course, that it's really easy to take on and make a bad habit stick And it's really hard to reverse course once a bad habit has stuck. Would you agree with that? Oh, I mean, honestly, Stephanie, like the way that I sit with a lot of this, um, I've read a lot about it. Let's just talk about habits for a little bit. You can, like, there's so much out there. You can learn or read one minute that, you know, it takes 20 days to form a habit. Something else will tell you it takes 200 days to form a habit. Forming a habit is impossible without proper intentions to actually and reason and logic to actually carry it through. Um, in my experience, yeah, people might might eat like a certain way and do this crazy diet for twenty one days, but if they're not actually enjoying the process and they don't fully believe in the results that they're trying to get, then that habit, so to speak, after twenty one days is going to fall off a cliff. of people that make New Year's resolutions have failed, so to speak, by February. 80% of people, because this whole idea of habit building, you kind of put a bit of intense pressure on yourself, you know? There's, um, There's a kind of like thought process that goes through that you're going to like have failed if you don't succeed in. And that's not, in my, in my, like in my thoughts like that's not what habit building is all about habit building for me is is more of a kind of longevity approach it's about just trying to slowly put things into your life and adapt a little bit over a slower period of time so that it, it becomes second nature right and a massive part of habit building for me is um is having that kind of community aspect surrounding it people that are also pushing in the same direction and that kind of spurs you on a little bit so you're not isolated and you're not doing it yourself I think there's a massive thing to be said there but I kind of go a little bit against the grain I, I mean I, I know that 
there's definitely science behind intense habit building like do something for 30 days straight and it becomes a habit whatever it may be but i also think that that sets a lot of people up for kind of what they would see as failure and i mean statistically speaking as i said like 80 percent of people that make a new year's resolution have stopped forming that habit by february which is kind of crazy and, and that's a shame so then what are they going to do they're going to stop even trying to progress that way for the next 11 months of the year why not put less pressure on yourself and just continue to learn along the way and and try and adapt and try and put little things in without this burden of expectation that you're putting on yourself i want to talk to you specifically about finding time to invest in your own personal development because in my own personal life especially during a pandemic i feel as though this is where I really get caught up. I want to read more. I want to eat less sugar. I want to exercise more. I want to do all these quote unquote positive habits, but I'm stretched thin. So what tips do you have for listeners like me who are stretched thin and don't feel as though they have not only the time, but also the energy and bandwidth to invest in themselves? I have the most simple tip that is is right there in front of you honestly get off instagram that's that's what i would say i don't know how long you as an individual stephanie spend on instagram per day but i know that people apple reports that the average phone pickup is 80 times a day the average person picks up their cell phone 80 times a day instagram allows you to have reminders on your phone so hypothetically if you're somebody that maybe spends 30 minutes a day on instagram put the 10 minute reminder on so after you've done 10 minutes that day you get a reminder hold yourself accountable to it don't go back into it i have a reminder and that that 20 minutes extra that you're then you're then buying yourself that's your 20 minutes to learn like about something that you want to learn about or to to read it or whatever it is I understand we're all busy and, and time is of the essence, but I do think, especially during COVID with lockdown, and I, I do think that kind of some some bad habits around social media have accelerated, to be honest, because I, I found it myself as an individual. I found myself on social media more during COVID, and it was kind of to the point that I was like, my God, like what, what have I just got out of that 10 minutes of mindless scrolling? I do all my own marketing for this podcast, right? <laughs> so I'm posting stuff for the podcast and then I'm looking at my feed for <laughs> interesting things. And then all of a sudden I'm seeing all these fitness transformations. That's how my feed is curated. And then I'm looking at yoga poses. And then before you know it, you're totally right. 45 minutes goes by. And what I love about your response is that your tip is so transferable to other time suckers. Instagram's a big one, but I would also say that for me personally, the TV is a big time sucker. Like last night after I put the kids to bed, I stayed up way too late watching Briggerton. I think that's how you pronounce it. Bridgerton or Briggerton. Those are three hours I could have gotten to bed with my book and turned out the light early, but I I didn't prioritize the fostering and the creation of the positive habit. So thank you for that really simple tip, because I feel as though for most people, the idea of 
fostering a positive habit sounds really daunting and it sounds almost impossible, but it can really be as simple as monitoring how many minutes you're just wasting during the day. Is that what you're saying? 100%. Honestly, Stephanie, I think that the easiest the easiest kind of um, response to this conversation of um, or, or this idea of like you want, somebody wants to do a little bit more of the things that they want to do. The easiest response, and it's a total cop out, is I don't have the time. Because honestly, you can you can find the time. Like you just said, you just said yourself, like two hours of TV, man. Or, like I'm sure that was that was two enjoyable hours, though. I mean, I watch TV. Like, don't get me wrong, but it's hard to say that you've not got time to work out or you've not got time to read a book. If, for example, if you're watching like a few hours of TV every night, and Instagram, it's just the best example for me because the algorithms around it are built to to keep us sucked in, right? There's no like avoiding that. I mean, my my feed is curated different from your feed, and it's and you're right. It's stuff that's it's designed to keep you there. But you can easily put this a uh, ten minute notification, and you can easily you can easily kind of make an excuse at the same time. Like I talked to somebody, I said the same thing to them the other day, and they were like, "Well, Instagram for me is more transactional, you know," which is kind of similar to what you're kind of saying as well. It's like it's very business related, but if you're going to be very honest with yourself. Yeah, you you are also you're not you're not just on there for business. You are getting sidetracked and you are getting brought off in these other directions and 20 minutes goes by. So there's an easy there's an easy way to make time there. Simply it's put down your phone. The Sustainable Minimalist podcast is supported by Charlie Banana. I received so much joy cloth diapering my youngest daughter, and although she's now potty trained, I still diaper her in Charlie Banana's cloth diapers for overnights. Charlie Banana diapers have a one-size system from newborn to 36 months, and while my daughter loves that they are the softest cloth diaper, I appreciate that Charlie Banana provides the best-in-class protection against leaks and blowouts. I also feel good supporting a company that shares my eco-conscious values as they fully offset their carbon footprint and donate 1% of all sales to environmental causes. Charlie Banana has generously offered podcast listeners 31% off. Yes, that is right, a whopping 31% off your first purchase. And it's only available by heading to charliebanana.com forward slash minimal and use promo code MINIMAL at checkout. They say once you go cloth, you never go back, and that is true. That's charliebanana.com forward slash MINIMAL with promo code MINIMAL at checkout. And we're back with Callum McGugan from Shape and Foster. Callum, I really loved that Instagram tip. It really can be as simple as just signing off. What other tips do you have for us to foster good habits and personal development that are backed by research? I mean, so massive part of of Shape and Foster, so the six experts that we have in there, they're providing you with all this content. Um, a massive part of it is this community aspect. Like lasting habits can come from finding a dedicated group of people that are also doing the same thing that that you're doing. When your motivation wanes, like you'll be driven forward 
buy that positive reinforcement when you're in a group getting like some a smiley face or whatnot or like a thumbs up or a cheers after posting something that you're pretty proud of that you've just accomplished it's kind of some validation for you um and it also gives a kind of sense of belonging really so i think that the more that you can find like your tribe i know it's a cheesy cliche sort of expression but if you can find your tribe when you're trying to achieve like a new habit forming and that may be as simple as maybe you want to start running well you know what the obvious thing is to do if you want to start running is to join a running club right something as simple as that like because community it really does uh, help us uh, form form those habits because there's lots of reinforcement there what i would also say a very very simple thing is to try and layer your habits so try and do two habits in tandem so for myself for example like a lot of people i started running during covid oh i i always go to the gym but the gyms are closed and all of a sudden running becomes more of a sought after experience because you have to get the house you have to have some form of physical exercise there's no alternative so it's got to be running so running something i started doing during covid last summer this year i want to start having more smoothies for breakfast because i don't have a lot of fruit in my diet and i recognize that so what i'm now doing is i'm layer i'm layering that habit i go for a run in the morning and as soon as i get home i make a smoothie so they now go they now go in tandem so there's there's an opportunity there to kind of layer your habits. Okay. I love that idea of layering or stacking habits. And now I am, you know, the engagement in Boston Commons was one thing we had in common. And now we are absolutely destined to be friends because one of my goals is to drink more smoothies. Really? Yes. And uh, it's, it seems like a chore for me. I don't really love them. Really? Honestly? What, what, smoothies? Smoothies seem like a chore. Well, yeah, I'm not a big breakfast person. So taking out the blender, like getting it all ready. I don't, I don't know. It's just, it's just something I don't love, but I do need to drink them more. So I love the idea of stacking. I get up before my kids. I do my 20 minutes of yoga. Then I drink my smoothie and bam, bam, I've just worked towards fostering two good habits right there. I am so going to try that. (laughs) Thank you so much. Yeah. And honestly, and, that, and that's honestly something that I've only started in the last couple of weeks, and it, and it's worked. I I never made a smoothie for myself until January the first, and and right now I'm basically I'm saying to myself I want to have three runs a week and three smoothies a week because even three smoothies is is more fruit. I mean I, I'm literally trebling my fruit intake. I'm from Glasgow. Glasgow's the heart disease capital of Europe. I get brought up in fried foods. It's in the genes. It's something that I really got to like. I my nutrition is always going to be a battle for me. It's always going to be something that I have to work on, and that again goes with what I'm saying with like habit building. Like I see it as as a long term kind of thing. It's something you're always working towards. But my my smoothies this year. I mean, I'm I'm already at like a good ten or eleven smoothies for the year, like for breakfast, rather than like eggs and toast or whatever I would usually have, and it's a good way to do it. I love that. And I want to kind of circle back to something you said earlier about the power of community. I must say, in my personal life, using the Shape and Foster app, I really enjoyed the community aspect to the app, because you're right, you do need to surround yourself with a kind of a culture of positivity, right? When you're 
trying on something new. And so your app definitely gives that. If you're trying to cut out or cut back on alcohol, you're not going to go hang out with your drinking buddies. You're going to surround yourself with people who are going to support your habit. So I love that. And I would love to talk to you a little bit about what I love about Shape and Foster. And the number one thing I must say, and I just want to thank you publicly for it, is that you know, there are the six experts and each month you get access to content from these six experts. What I love is that the topics that you've chosen are ones that I never would have sought out in my own life. Like I definitely would have sought out nutrition. I definitely would have sought out fitness, but I never in a bazillion years would have sought out to become more financially literate. I probably wouldn't have done anything with regard to my mental wellness. So Shape and Foster really gives a holistic approach to fostering positive habits. And my question here (laughs) for you is, how do you think that the average Shape and Foster user benefits the most? So first Firstly, thank you very much. Like I love that you've you've seen the value in it. Um, that makes me happy because this is there's definitely a mission a mission focus to this work. Um, I told you that earlier. I, I used to own a marketing agency. One of the reasons I stopped enjoying that agency was because I was like, who am I impacting? Like I was getting opportunities from quick service restaurants, big tobacco. And I was like, I'm hindering growth. Like, who am I impacting? So a massive reason of like going off to do Shape and Foster is to actually have a good like impact on some people. And there's definitely more of a mission focus. So I love that you've just said that. I think that you've also kind of answered in a, in a certain way. You've kind of answered your own question. Um, I think that lots of people are going to come to the app. And this is what I've experienced so far from some feedback. Lots of people are going to come to the app for one or two experts because that's of interest but then they're going to find all this value in the other experts that they never anticipated learning from that's how i see it happening my wife said to me this about a month ago or so she said i never really was looking forward to the financial literacy program and i didn't have any interest in it i'm not bored with money she was like i watched shinobu who's our financial expert she's in san diego california it's like i watched her month one today and I took a lot from it. And she used the word holistic. She thought that Shinobu had a really holistic approach to finance, which is not something that you, you'd associate with finance. I mean, Shinobu's finance program, her month one is about creating a positive money mindset and understanding how your parents dealt with money is likely had an impact on your beliefs around money like was there scarcity around money all this sort of stuff right that's the very start of your financial journey before you even realized that this was having an impact on you and her month 12 is about investments so how start to finish is that so holistic is definitely a word that that i would associate with all the programs um but i think that people are going to come for one or two experts as you said your your fitness and nutrition that was of interest to you but then you're going to I mean you've got access to all these other experts videos you can ask them questions so why not why not take on the information why not watch a 15 minute video about tips to improve your emotions and understand your emotions better around mental wellness why not why not take that information in so a long answer there. I don't know if I answered your question. I'm sorry. But I, but I think that people are going to come for one or two and they're, and they're going to leave with so much more. 
you definitely answered my question, and I'm going to take it one step further, which is why not be proactive in your personal development instead of being retroactive? Why not invest in your financial literacy or your mental health or your nutrition or your fitness or whatever else proactively instead of addressing it when a problem arises? Mm-hmm. Yeah, one hundred percent. And honestly, like, I'm I'm still learning. I'm still going through my own personal development here, and I have learned from all of the experts so far. I'm I'm currently on month two of the program. Prime example is is uh, the mental wellness program. In month one, our mental health professional Tanya De Silva she talks about something called the drill down method, and it's basically about understanding your emotions. If you get upset about something. She encourages you to ask yourself five times, why are you upset? And try and drill deeper every single time. So let's say your your spouse comes home late at night or something, hypothetically, and, and you're, you're all annoyed and you have an argument, hypothetically. And you ask yourself again, well, you know what? I've not seen my friends for a while. Maybe I'd like to see my friends. And you ask yourself again, you ask yourself, and then it gets to the very end of it. And it's like, well, I only had four hours sleep last night, um, had a bad day. And you know what I mean? It's like, if you, if you do this drill down method, it's just one of many examples. Essentially, the surface reason that triggered your emotional upsetness, if that's for lack of a better word, is that surface reason is not always the real reason. So there's little tidbits of like ways that, not even just habits, like actionable insight, lots of actionable insight from all these different experts. And I've started to to utilize it in my life. And yeah, I think I think it's, it's very proactive. That That's the whole purpose. Mm. Well, I'm on month one, so I'm not up to the ask yourself five times quite yet. But just you giving me that tidbit is profound for me, profound. And this, I'm going to just go ahead and overshare right now. I had a book launch two days ago, and it did not go flawlessly. And I've been dealing with a lot on that end. And on the one hand, you know, if I was to ask myself five times, the surface reason why I'm upset is because, well, the publicity team isn't doing what they're supposed to do. But if I get really deep into it and really just give myself some time to sit with it, the reason I'm upset is because I'm worried about it being a flop. I'm worried about being viewed as a failure. So it's not so much about the publicity team. It's actually about the deep inner emotions. And if you hadn't just said that, I never would have yeah. <laughs> I never would have really figured that out. So thank you. You're welcome. Oh, I can, I can, I can come back at you and overshare myself. I mean, I'm going, to, I'm going to tell you right now, like my own experience. I didn't even have to go five times because I, uh, I just, I, I knew it from the video. I also business related have, I've done a lot of Facebook ads, Instagram ads, all that sort of stuff for the new business. Some of them are popping and some of them aren't. And it's just this labyrinth of like how to try to connect the dots. And it was kind of getting to me a bit. About two weeks ago, I was putting my son, my four-year-old, to bed, and he was um, acting up a little bit, and he was just kind of playing in his bedroom and not going into his bed. And if that was two months ago, I may have raised my voice. I may have been like, Malcolm, get into bed. Like, I'm not having this sort of thing. However, from that simple video, like, I knew that it was nothing about Malcolm not going to bed that, 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 was, that I was like upset. It was because... I. I've got this business aim that I'm launching and some of the digital ads aren't aren't hitting in, in all areas. 
So I was in such a calmer state and just acted as a much better parent in the moment. Talk to me and my listeners about how they can try out the app for themselves. So uh, if you go to the show notes of this podcast, there will be a link in there that gives you a $10 discount um, for for podcast for this podcast um, listeners, obviously. Usually it's uh, $99 per year. Um, with the link, you get it for $89 per year. However, everyone also gets a three-day trial. So it is try before you buy. I want people to come in, have a look around, see if it's for them. If it is fantastic, we'd, we'd love to get to know you and, and stay. And if it's not, it's all good. Like no hard feelings. Like that's the purpose of a three-day trial. Like come and have a look and see if it's for you. Mm. I love that you offer the three-day come in, take a look around offer because I feel for many people, $89 or $99 is a big investment that uh, they may not be willing or may not be able to put down on something that they're not 100% sure is going to work for them. So thank you for that. And thank you for the discount code. Before we go, I want to bring this all together, come back around full circle by giving a quote that you've said And perhaps you can give some final thoughts. The quote is one that really stuck with me, and it is, the absence of mental illness does not equal mental health, and the lack of physical illness does not equal physical health. So talk to me about what that means and wrap this conversation up in a pretty little bow, (laughs) please. (laughs) I'll try. So so the the context of that, believe it or not, this is going to blow your mind. The context of that comes from something that I read from the World Health Organization from 1948. 1948, so 73 years ago. They said, health is a state of complete mental, social, and physical well-being and not merely the absence of disease or infirmity. So that was from 73 years ago. Like, we were so on point with um, the understanding that that good good mental health is not the absence of of mental illness like you know like and and we're so on point with all of this and somehow it kind of seems like it got lost in the shuffle and thankfully in the last 10 years or so mental wellness has become a conversation topic again and everyone's willing to talk about it more and more so which is fantastic so what that really means to me is is just is just that it's that uh just because you're you don't have something hypothetically um a, a problem or like an illness of some nature like that's been diagnosed it, it doesn't mean that you're that you're fit and healthy you know you have to work on your health and that can be physical or mental and and that again just takes us all the way back to that proactive approach that, that I'm trying to create here you did a great job with that bow you're right you have to be proactive and you have to constantly work at it you don't all of a sudden one way one day wake up and say to yourself Oh, I made it. <laughs> you know, I'm perfectly, yeah. <laughs> I'm exactly where I should be. I mean, maybe. No. I, I mean, I don't feel that way. If anybody's listening no and way. feels that way, please reach out. But Callum, oh, God, yeah. I am so looking forward to keeping in touch with you over the Shape and Foster app. And I want to thank you so much for coming on the show. But more important than that is creating something out of your genuine passion to benefit the world. So thank you so much. Thank you very much for having me as a guest and thanks a lot, Stephanie.
I so hope you enjoyed that interview with Callum McGugan over at Shape and Foster. I have linked to the app. I've linked to the discount code that Callum so generously brought over. All in this week's show notes, which you can find at mamaminimalist.com forward slash 163. On next week's show, we are discussing how exactly to create minimalist and eco-friendly play experiences for our children. I will see you then. Have an amazing week. Stay home, stay healthy, and take care, my friends. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today.